Bibles, open them up to John 3, 16. Let's get back to the basics today. Hallelujah. My goodness, this society's corrupt. Amen? And it's creeping into the church. Oh, come on, come on. Hello. Stay in line with the Word. John 3, 16 and 17. Jesus said these words, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, through Jesus, might be saved. Now, turn back to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, look at verse, uh, verses 35 through 38. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Oh, hallelujah. Feels good to be back. Appreciate Pastor Joe stepping in for me last week. I see he didn't do too much damage because we've got a pretty good crowd today. So thank you, sir. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Oh, there you are. All right, Matthew. <laughs> see, that shows you how much I look into the crowd. Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and he's saying it to you today if you're a Christian, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Today I have a, a, an extremely sobering message that I want to share with you. This is a message that I hope and pray penetrates your very heart and helps us as this church, RCC, and the body of Christ as a whole to put first things first. Today I want to talk about keys to effective evangelism. You know, in the, amongst all the joy of the Christian life and all the good things that Jesus has provided for us as Christians, we've gotten wrapped up in these things and we forgot to make first things first. That there's a lost and dying world out there needing to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. According to Webster's Dictionary, the word evangelism is defined as this, the winning or revival of personal commitments to Christ. And, I like this, militant or crusading zeal. And the word evangelize is defined as this. To preach or proclaim the gospel or good news. You know, some people say, some Christians say, you know, I'll just draw people by my actions. How I live around them. I'll preach the gospel by my actions. But you know what? That's only a partial truth. Actions, yes, are very important when trying to lead a person to Christ. Don't get me wrong. But that can also be used as an excuse not to open your mouth and speak the word to people. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
The gospel of Jesus Christ must be spoken and proclaimed to the, to the unsaved. Romans 10.14 says this, How can they, the unsaved, hear without a preacher? Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are some people in hell right now that did good works on this earth. Do you know that? There are some people in hell right now who are very nice people on this earth. Great people. They would take the shirt off their back and give it to you on the street if you, were, if you needed it. Some of those very people are in the pits of hell right now. The fact is this. Doing good works and being a nice person will not get you to heaven. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can make that miracle happen in a person's life. And listen to me, Christians. If your heart is truly connected to the Lord, you will be concerned about the unsaved. Your desire will be to see them saved from an eternity in hell in the lake of fire. And that concern will be put into action in your life. See, listen to me. The devil is not opposed to Christians playing a religious country club game. You know what I'm saying? He's not opposed to you just holding on to some rituals, coming to church, calling yourself a Christian. He's not opposed to that. But what he is opposed to is Christians impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And seeing the lost saved for eternity. He's not concerned about a bunch of fluff coming from pulpits. But he is concerned when Christians truly have a zeal. A militant zeal. To advance the kingdom of God. And see the lost saved. If you have lost your desire to see the lost saved. You move from relationship with Jesus to simply dead religion. Because the first thing on Jesus' heart, the biggest concern, is to see the lost saved. That's the first priority right there. You, those Christians who, who, who lost the desire to share Christ with people, what really has happened, you have lost the biblical reality of hell. The biblical reality, I said reality, it's not just a story. It's not just a place trying to scare unbelievers, just trying to get them to bring them to our religion. No, 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 no. It is reality. And there are people in the pits of hell right now screaming in torment. Right now, even as I stand at this pulpit. Who, by the way, had a chance to be delivered from that hell. The Word of God has much to say about a literal, physical place called hell. According to Scripture, hell is located at the center of the earth right now. Jesus talked a lot about hell in His earthly ministry. You can't get away from that. He talked so much about hell. He described it as everlasting fire, everlasting punishment, Everlasting destruction, outer darkness, and torment. This is not a scare ta tactic by Pastor James. This is Bible, people. This is Bible. Say Bible. Bible. Reality. Reality. 
This is a fact. And the fact is, hell was never created or intended for the human race. The Bible says that it was created for the devil and his angels, evil spirits. But after the fall of man, Adam's sin, those who reject the eternal pardon through the finished work of Jesus Christ, that is the only place for the unsaved to go. The only place. Those individuals have chosen to pay for their own sin and not receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. See, you have to understand this. God is a holy God. He is a just God. Someone has to pay for your sin. Someone has to pay for your sin. Either you receive Jesus' pardon or you pay for your sins yourself for eternity. And that's a high price to pay for yourself. Because once you take your last breath on this earth, your eternal destination is settled. Do you understand that? It's settled. The Bible says this. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. And by the way, you cannot be prayed out of hell contrary to some unscriptural beliefs. Nobody can pray you out of hell. Once you're there, that's it. Case closed. The books on your life for eternity have been sealed. You have chosen, decided to pay for your own sin. How foolish. How foolish when the provision was there the whole time. So needless. See, God doesn't send anyone to hell. Like I said, each person decides by their own free will where they're going to spend eternity. The provision's there. He won't force you. You're not a robot. We all must make the choice for ourselves. The sad reality is this. I mean, this is extremely sobering, people. We all... Every person in this place listening to me around the world, watching me on the internet around the world right now. We all have some friends, some relatives that have passed on before us who are in the pits of hell even as we speak right now. Think about that. The people we love, the people we care for. They decided to do things their own way and they're paying for it for eternity. Now, I know, look, People don't want to swallow that truth, but it's a fact. You know, you go to a funeral and you know the person, days long, rejected Christ. They never would listen to you, wouldn't do anything about it. Yet the family members are saying, oh, he's up in heaven right now or she's up in heaven right now. When, come on, people. Let's, let's cut through the junk here. The fact of the matter is, without Christ, it's hell. This is an SOS to the world right now. Do you understand me? This is an SOS. Right now, people are going into eternity, into hell right now, while we're sitting in cozy chairs right now, in a nice building. Some of those friends and relatives of ours thought that just being a good person and doing good works, apart from Jesus Christ, was good enough. But guess what? It still reserved a spot for them in hell for eternity. 
Now, if those friends, if those family members could send a message to us today, which they can't, by the way. Anyone who says they're talking to the dead, they're talking to demon spirits, by the way. Are you hearing me? No one can communicate with the dead. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You're talking to demons. But if those individuals were to give us a message today from the pits of hell, what would they say? What would they tell, they tell you and I? Go to Luke chapter 16. Guys, I'm trying to wake us up. Wake the body of Christ up that this is an emergency. We think it's an emergency that a hurricane's coming to the, to the, uh, to the coast, Gulf Coast down there. Guys, we got a far bigger emergency than that. Now, I'm not belittling that. That's terrible what's happening. We're going to pray for that in a, in a little while. But, but listen to me. We're talking about eternal destination here. Oh, Luke 16. 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his, at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torments in Hades, or hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried, the rich man cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He's talking about hell. But Abraham said, said Son, remember that in your lifetime... You received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. No one can pray anybody out of hell. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, uh, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither, they, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead." If those friends and relatives in hell right now could send us a message, they would say, don't come here. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't want to come here. Don't do it. I'm tormented for eternity. That's the message from hell. These people, these unsaved people who are into all these heavy metal bands, they kind of joke around about hell, saying it's a party. It's, oh, we're going to party in hell. What kind of deception is that? Party in hell? It's torment. Outer darkness. Total absence from the presence of Almighty God. Even the unbeliever, to a degree, has the presence of God on this earth. Are you hearing me? But in hell, total absence. 
I know you might just, uh, unbelievers watching and listening to me, you just kind of laugh at that and scoff at it. But it's a truth. And you need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Earthly depression, earthly hopelessness does not compare to the torment of hell. I know this is not a popular message and you, you rarely hear a hell message from the pulpit in most churches. But Jesus was not, not quiet about hell. Why? Because it's the love of God that motivates people to tell people about it and say, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. Are you hearing me? On this side of Calvary, an escape from hell is only found in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. His death, burial, and resurrection. His shed, shed blood that was poured out to save mankind from the pits of hell. There is no other name no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved except for the name of Jesus, Amen. the Christ. I don't know why I'm feeling so evangelistic today. Obviously, the Holy Ghost put this on my heart. He knew who, who was going to be here. He knew who had to hear this message. He knew who's tuning in. Are you hearing me? But I just have evangelism just flowing out of me today. I mean, it's gushing out. And today I want to motivate Christians to boldly declare and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with every person you come in contact with. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Much of the body of Christ has gotten off balance. Now it's time to shift the balance back into the proper perspective. Satan's been doing too much trying to detract and divert the attention of the church to this all-important ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, as the Bible says. Yeah. Romans 1, 16 through 17. The Apostle Paul said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the good news righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith and as as it is written the just shall live by faith it is sad to say but many christians act as if they're ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ today they're afraid to stand up for issues that matter are you hearing me they would rather be politically correct more than being unashamed of the written word of god in the lord jesus christ the Apostle Paul was so unashamed and sold out for the cause of the gospel that he was willing to take persecution, prison, physical torment, and ultimately give his life for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you do it? Would you do it? Or would you sell Jesus out? Go to 2 Corinthians 4. Ray Dykstra from the Gideons in this area was here a couple weeks ago. And he was saying the same thing. Would you be ready if a gun was pointed right to your head? And they said, renounce Jesus or die. What would you do? Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. We are hard-pressed on every side. This is the Apostle Paul speaking of 
about what's going on in his ministry and life here. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. See, the Apostle Paul was dead to himself. Dead to his carnal and earthly desires. Dead to worldly views and standards. But alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I want to say this. Sharing the gospel also includes uh, sharing the healing message to people. Even the healing message to Christians. I got to say that. I got to say that. Because it's ridiculous when I hear Christians downplay the healing message of salvation. That is absolutely ridiculous. The fact is this. That person you pray for could be used to reach multitudes of people. Are you hearing me? They could be the next Billy Graham. I mean, look at Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, Cindy Cox. They were all on their deathbed, and many other ministers. They were on their deathbed, and they were touched by the healing power of God. And because of that, they were on fire for the Lord, and they brought multitudes to Jesus Christ. Don't downplay the healing message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's all part of salvation anyways. Are you hearing me? The fact is this, the people that they have reached with the gospel may not have gotten saved without the influence of that individual. See, every day we wake up, we need to be mindful of the fact that people are on their way to hell. I, I'm convinced. I know I've done it in my own life. You get so busy in the everyday life, you know, you just, that reality just kind of slips your mind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The busyness of things. But we need to keep this in mind every morning when we wake up. If we will keep that fact fresh in our mind, you'll be more compared, uh, compelled to share the gospel with others. Your heart will be more softened toward the unsaved. I mean, if you have to print scriptures out, put it next to your bed. Put it on the refrigerator, in your bathroom, wherever. Scriptures that talk about the reality of hell and people going there for eternity. Just keep it always before you. See, said it a while back, but you got to say it again. Satan and evil spirits, they are not opposed to a person doing nice things for another person. But they are opposed to a Christian sharing Jesus Christ with others. You understand that? He's not opposed to you going out and doing something nice. Just as long as you don't share Christ with them. Just as long as you don't plant any seeds from the word of God in their heart. Are you hearing me? That's what the enemy is opposed to. So I want to encourage you, beware of Satan's devices, his schemes, his traps to divert you, the Christian, away from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. What are some of these traps? Number one, fear. Fear of rejection, fear of persecution. Timothy, by the way, had this same problem. And Paul, the Holy Ghost through Paul, told him in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given him the spirit of fear, 
but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, that's in the, the, the context of that one verse. The context of that scripture is in preaching the gospel. Doing the work of the ministry. Next one, selfishness. If you're so self-consumed with yourself, you won't think of others, especially their spiritual needs. Get rid of selfishness. It has no place. That's why Jesus said every day you need to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Every day, daily. What's another trap that Satan uses? Depression. Depression, by the way, is, very self, is a very self-centered condition. You notice that? I was in depression at one point before coming to the Lord for a period of three months. Everything was just inward. I, I didn't care anything about anyone else. It was poor me. Pity party for me. You know what I'm talking about? It was a big pity party. And it's very self-centered. One thing I tell people who's in bondage to that is to start reaching out to others. Force yourself to start reaching out to others. You've got to. Get your focus off of your situation and start pouring into others. The book of Proverbs says this, He who waters will be watered himself also. So you want to be filled up spiritually? Pour out spiritually into others. If you're satisfied with where you're at, stay. just keep your pity party going. Amen? What's some other traps? Worldliness. Carnal mindsets. <clears throat> Worldliness is a huge trap of the enemy. If you maintain a worldly and carnal mindset, uh, that'll make you focus on things that don't even matter in the light of eternity. I told someone this before. Let me ask you this. Maybe you've seen it. I haven't. Maybe you have. But I've never seen a U-Haul follow a hearse before to the cemetery. Have you? I never have. I've never. So, what does worldliness and carnal mindsets do for the believer? It makes you focus on things that are just going to pass away. And you, you won't take it with you. Are you hearing me? And while you're focusing on things that don't mean a hill of beans in light of eternity, people are going to hell. Use every resource you have to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, here's another thing. One thing that uh, how Satan tries to trick people, he kind of throws these thoughts in the minds of believers that the gospel's too complicated too complicated what do i do you know hey what do i say to him listen keep the message of the gospel simple when sharing christ keep it simple keep it simple enough that a little child could understand it if a little child couldn't understand and make jesus lord of their life you're out in the ditch are you hearing me say keep it simple see You don't have to be a Christian for 10 years before sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life today, you can start that instant evangelizing for Jesus. Amen? And by the way, they're the most effective ones. The ones who first get saved. And then somehow they get this disease of dead religion. Religion rigor mortis. Are you hearing me? We, oh, we need to flush that stuff out. Come back to our first love, Jesus, and be on fire to reach the lost again. Second Corinthians 
2 Corinthians uh, 11.3 says that there is simplicity in Christ. Straight from the word of God, there is simplicity in the word of God. See, the fact is this. You don't have to have a PhD in theology to share the gospel. Keep it simple. Stick to the basics. The basics, what are they? Every person is a sinner. And they need the Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin. He took the sin of the world upon himself. He died. He shed his blood. He died, buried, rose again the third day. And he's alive forevermore. And and the peace that and joy that every person is searching for can only be found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not religion, not church doctrine, not, oh, let's open up our Psalter hymnals here in the back to the doctrine of our denomination. No. Well, that's okay if it's in line with the Word. But many of them are not. Are you hearing me? Say, keep it simple. Don't let the enemy steer you into the ditch by that way of thinking that it's too complicated it's not don't worry about using your own wisdom of words speak the word of god and trust that the holy spirit will prick the hearts of the listeners and then take them to the clincher verse take them right to the clincher verse in the word of god that tells them how to get saved romans 10 9 and 10 go there with me a minute this is so simple so simple. Don't let the enemy cheat you out of the simplicity that's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. So believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is key. They don't believe in the resurrection. They're not believing in the Jesus of the Bible. He raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, if someone acts like they're ashamed of Jesus when they come and get saved, it's a false conversion. Because the fact is, when they come to Christ, they need to know their need for Jesus Christ. And if that fact hasn't been driven home, guess what? No wonder there's a, I heard some ridiculous percentage. 94% of all converts end up falling away. Why? Because they're just hearing this fluffy gospel stuff. They're not hearing that they are a sinner. They broke the law of God and they, and, and they can't earn their way back. Are you hearing me? That it only takes faith in Jesus to bring them back. They're, they're not convinced that they're a sinner. That's what it boils down to. That's what it boils down to. They hear a bunch of fluff. But a person to get saved needs to be convinced that they need the Savior. And if they're not convinced they need the Savior, it's false conversion. And they're going to end up just falling away. Because what happens is, oh, everything's going to be perfect, you said, when, when I got saved. No, because when everything does not become perfect when you're saved, guess what? They're disillusioned. And they say, you told me everything was going to be perfect. This Bible stuff is a bunch of trash. I'm out of here. I had less, I had less uh, problems when I was in the world. Are you hearing me? That's the biggest reason why people fall away. Because they're not convinced they need the Savior. They're really not convinced. But I'll tell you what, the ones who have made drastic changes are the ones when 
They, they, they realize their need for, for Christ, that they're a sinner. They come up and, and they, they, they break down. I mean, you don't always need to break down when you get saved. I'm not saying that. But it just shows their heart condition. They're broken. They're broken. Are you hearing me? Those people who do, they're broken. And they realize, I can't fix myself. I've been trying for so many years and I just can't do it. Jesus, I need you. They're the ones who are going to stick with Christ and be faithful to him. Amen? Oh, that's good preaching. Listen, pray for wisdom and guidance every day. Ask God to use you for his glory every day. Every day you wake up, just ask. Oh, well, that sounds too simple. Can it really work? Have you tried? Just try. See, God wants to use you more than you want to be used. You realize that? Because he wants the lost to get saved. He wants the sick to be healed. Are you hearing me? And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit throughout the day. Maintain, here it is again, maintain a spiritual mindset. Maintain a spiritual mindset. I mean, when things get busy, you know, you just, just reel yourself back in mentally and say, all right, you know, I'm, I'm bring this back here. Lord, open doors and be looking. Look around. Be looking for those doors that God's going to open. Someone comes up to you at work. Well, what would you do on Sunday? Ding, 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 ding. There's an open doorway right there. Well, let me tell you what I did on Sunday. <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit will give you the very words to speak. And each person, each situation will be different. I guarantee you that. Jude 22 says this. On some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Some people would be moved because of compassion. And others will be moved when they hear the fearful message of hell. Are you hearing me? Each person's different. Look, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to win a Satanist over by some fluffy message. Are you hearing me? You're not going to win a Satanist over by some fluffy message. That's why the Bible says, hey, some are going to be one this way, some are going to be one this way. The key to evangelism is this. You be open to the leading and promptings of the Holy Spirit. You'll just know. Well, give me some more concrete evidence how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you this. You'll just know. You know, there's times when you'll be witnessing to someone and, and you'll just, just all of a sudden these scriptures about hell are, are, are coming in your spirit and you're like, you know, what, what is going on? That's the Holy Spirit bringing scriptures up and saying, this is the direction I want you to take, the, take with this individual. This is what the individual needs to hear to have their heart pricked. Are you hearing me? Others, when you're witnessing to them, I've noticed, there's, there's a, more of a compassion. There's, there's more of a softness when you're talking. You know what I'm talking about? Am I preaching to the choir today? Listen, there's, there's more of a compassion, a softness. And, and all I can say is that's the Holy Spirit telling you, go in that direction with that individual. That's what's going to win that individual. So all these things that, well, you just got to do it this one way, this one method with every person is a bunch of hogwash. It is. All right? You're, you're, you're not going to win, like I said, you're not going to win a Satanist with some Barney message. Are you hearing me? You're not going to do it. All right? All right. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let me just show you an example. Go to John chapter 4. You like that Barney message, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Are you having fun today? 
Good. Let's have some more fun and bring in the harvest. Amen. Uh, John chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Well, you're just a doom and gloom preacher, Pastor James. Well, if that's what you call preaching the word, fine, I am. Are you hearing me? Uh, No, I'm going to preach the word. And the word says it, I'm going to preach it. It's fair game. John 4, 3 through 8. It says this, Jesus, he, Jesus, left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. And so he came to a city called of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his, for his disciples, Jesus' disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now, I want you to notice something here. I, I just want to pull out some points about the woman at the well here on evangelism. Jesus was the first one to initiate the conversation with the lady. He was the first one to initiate the conversation. And you're going to have to be bold enough to initiate conversations with people. Are you willing to do that? Thank you, you two. That's great. I appreciate it. I'm motivating you this morning. Now, uh, but anyway, so he initiated the conversation, and he used something in the natural. Are you hearing me? We're going somewhere with this. Look at John 4, 9 through 15 now. Let's take it a little further. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Oh, Jesus crosses all boundary lines. Are you hearing me? He wants everyone saved. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. I want you to notice something. Jesus initiated the conversation. He brought something up in the natural to start and spark a conversation. And then immediately, he switched it to a spiritual perspective. Say switch. There's got to be a switch. When you talk to someone, there's got to be a switch. You've got to get over that fear. You've got to get over that fear. Are you hearing me? Say switch. You've got to switch it over. Into a spiritual talk. All right? John four sixteen through 19. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come, come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you had five husbands, and the one whom you, are, you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> finally the light bulb went out in this lady 
I want to show you a key that we must keep in mind that will make your personal evangelism efforts more effective. Listen to this. Every person has a tender spot or a key to their heart. And it's different for each person. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to reveal that key to you and go in that direction. Now, this lady had some major issues with men. Amen? She had some major issues here with men. She had five husbands, and now she was shacking up and fornicating with another man. So the Holy Spirit quickened this word of knowledge to Jesus. And Jesus knew there's a key here to this woman's heart. And I'm going to go in that direction. Jesus did not sugarcoat the sin. But he used it to convict her of her need for him. Are you hearing me? See, it will take boldness to go there when talking to a person. But Jesus didn't mind going there. And if it was good enough for Jesus, come on. It's good enough for Christians. He used her very own sin to reveal to her her need for him, for Jesus. Because Jesus knew the importance of finding that key to a person's heart. So I want to encourage you when witnessing, step out in faith and trust the Holy Spirit. Initiate conversations with common ground topics. And then find a way to make the switch to a spiritual conversation. One way that is an easy one is, oh, what church do you go to? Well, I don't go to church. Oh, okay. Um, and then it just launches. It's a, it's a launch pad. It's a launch pad. And then be bold to go, go in places in the conversation that you feel the Holy Spirit leading you. Be bold to go there. I mean, you know something about a person's life, or, or if the Holy Spirit quickens something to you, this person's dealing with rejection, man, she's got some major men issues, or she's got... Go there. You know, major men issues, for instance. You know, I know you're trying to find your acceptance in, in a guy, in a man, but you know what? That hole you're trying to feel, fill is not going to be filled by any, any, per, any human person, any human man, any husband. They won't be able to do it. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? But Jesus can. It's Jesus who you're looking for. It's Jesus you need to be married to. Are you seeing how you can flip, how you can use these kind of things? And you've got to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Even while you're talking to this person on the inside, just say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Where do I go with this person? And that's when, and then a thought comes to your mind about something, and you're, and you're, you're struggling with it. You're like, is this just me or is this the Holy Spirit? You know what? Step out in faith. Just step out and mention that thing to the person. Are you hearing me? In Acts 8, 26 and 35, the Holy Spirit led Philip uh, to a person whose heart was open to receive. I want to tell you this right now. If you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go and talk to a person about Jesus, I guarantee you there's an opening of that person's heart. There, there's an openness. Now, it's still their free will to make Jesus Lord of their life, but at that moment, there's an openness. And the Holy Spirit, the dispatcher of heaven, come on, is tapping you on the shoulder and say, go. 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 
Like Philip in Acts 8, the Holy Spirit might whisper an instruction on the inside of you. You might be in your fat pants on the couch watching Gilligan's Island. And you might just feel on the inside, man, I have to go to Walmart right now. Go to Meyer. Go to Meyer. And you just keep feeling this tug. Go to this place. Go to this store. I tell you what, that's the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart. And he's getting ready. He's setting up a divine appointment. Oh, he's setting up a divine appointment. Or you might be in Walmart. And he says, go buy the Doritos. (laughs) All right, I'm hungry, but that's besides the point. Listen. (laughs) Go in the deli area. All right. But he's setting something up. He's setting something up. No, what a privilege it is for Christians to be used by the Lord. Amen. What an awesome. He's setting up divine appointments. You'll either be one that plants the seed in the heart. You may be the one that just who, who waters the seed. But you know what? Besides that, it's God who gives the increase. But listen, but listen, God cannot give an increase if there's no seed and if there's no water. Just seed's not good enough. It still needs water. Water's no good if you don't have any seed. We need to give God something to work with in people's hearts. Oh. See, every Christian, every person here, every person watching online, listening to me on the radio and internet around the world, every Christian has divine appointments with unbelievers. Don't let those appointments pass you by. Take advantage of them. Make the most out of them for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember this. i got to say this. I just added this last minute this morning. Someone needs to hear this. Remember this. Jesus told us to love our enemies. He said, bless those that curse you. One way to bless your enemies, share the gospel with them. Share the gospel with them. Come on. We've got to. We, you know, on your worst enemy, your ex-husband, ex-wife, whoever it is, you wouldn't want to wish hell on anybody. I'm telling you right now. And that's why Jesus said, don't withhold from your enemy. Don't withhold because you don't even want your worst enemy going there in that place of torment. Bless them by speaking the word to them. See, winning the loss for Jesus does not happen by accident. It's an on-purpose action by you and me. Will you do it? Will you be faithful to Jesus to bring the loss to him? See, that is the reward of his suffering. That's the only reward of his suffering that he's looking for. Did you know that? The reward of Jesus' suffering is Christians sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus for him. The reward of his suffering on a cross, on a bloody cross. He tasted of hell. That's the reward of Jesus' suffering. Seeing the lost saved. And by the way, There won't be any U-Hauls following you or I in the hearse. The only thing that we can take with us to heaven from this earth is souls. Our purpose as Christians is is to get the lost saved. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Jesus.
Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for tasting of death that we can have life eternal through you, through faith in you. Now maybe there's someone in here. You have not made that step to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Because the fact is you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And I'll tell you, like I said, you take your last breath and it's hell for eternity without Jesus Christ as Lord. That's not a scare tactic. That's reality. If you want to believe it's a scare tactic, it's on your hands. And you'll find out on Judgment Day when you take your last breath. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, but today you said, I want to do it. I want to do it today so I know I have a place reserved for me in heaven. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, just come forward. And I want to pray with you. Jesus Christ was not ashamed to hang naked on a cross to take the sin of the world upon himself for you. You ought not be ashamed. Just come forward and make Jesus Lord of your life today. Maybe there's someone in here you made Jesus Lord of your life in the past. And frankly, you don't even have confidence that if you took your last breath right now, that you would go to heaven for eternity. That's Russian roulette. And you need to drop your pride and you need to come forward. And let's just settle it together. I want to pray with you to rededicate your life to the Lord. Let's, it's time to get your life back on track today. Maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Listen to me, people. The point of the Holy Spirit baptism, the reason for receiving the Holy Spirit baptism, Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me. Witnesses. Power to be a witness for Jesus. Power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit baptism. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come forward. And I want to pray with you to receive that biblical experience. Not Pentecostal, not charismatic, biblical experience. Maybe there's someone in here today, you're struggling with a sickness, a disease in your body, physically or emotionally. Maybe you're one I talked about, you you have depression. I want you to come forward and get prayed for. The rest of you, if you're willing to sell out to Jesus and do the work of the gospel, I want you to come forward today. The rest of you, meet me by the drum set for those requests. We have someone watching right now. They want to be anonymous, but they want prayer. says that. They type that they're not saved, but not quite ready either. I don't know how to make it any clearer to you. You take your last breath right now, it's over. And if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you say this prayer, mean it with your whole heart. God, I'm a sinner. And I realize that Jesus Christ is your son, born of a virgin, shed his blood on the cross, died, buried, rose again the third day. Jesus is alive and well. And it's that Jesus that I confess as Lord of my life. Turn to him. Turn to him right now. I'm telling you, you better be ready. Make him Lord of your life right now.
song and dance, humbled by the glory of the cross. We have been redeemed and reconciled, caught up in the splendor of it all. Eternal life you gave, so we will bring a song of praise. How wonderful, how lovely. Else, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Get up here. Of your.
Brave. Bruce has been down in Illinois, and he's been getting some radiation treatment for, for some cancer that has attacked his body. First of all, he wants us to pray for a, a, a boy named Ina, who's from Hawaii, who's at this place, and he's really bitter. And so let's pray for him right now, and then we're going to pray for Bruce, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Ina, that boy right now. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, right now, wherever he's at in that facility, I pray that your Spirit would fall upon him. I pray, oh, I feel the anointing. Lord, I pray right now that his broken heart and misunderstandings about who you are in this process. Lord, I pray you would mend his broken heart, that you would make yourself so real to him right now in that place, Lord, and that healing would flow throughout his physical body in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that his life would be restored, that Satan would not distort what's taking place in his life, but that Jesus would be lifted up and glorified in his life, and he would live many more years on this earth. Bruce, come on over here. Stretch your hands toward Bruce right now. Oh, Cindy Kent, come out here. Yes, that'd be great. Lay your hands on him with me. Let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus, every cancer cell, I curse you right now and command every cancer cell to die and dissolve in Jesus' mighty name. Every cancerous growth be rooted up. Jesus, you said every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. So we command it to be rooted up right now in his lungs. And I command any harmful effects from any radiation, any chemo, any treatment, I command that to be healed right now. I command anything like that to be rooted out of his body, that you would protect him. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over Bruce right now. We speak life over him. We renounce any word curses that have been spoken over his life. And we declare the word of God that he shall live a long and abundant life. A satisfied life in Jesus' mighty name right now. So fill him with the power of your spirit, God. And flush out everything that's not of you. And bring Bruce forward to victory. And as you have him down there in Illinois, Lord, this in the weeks here ahead. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give Bruce the words to speak to those people. Lord, I pray revival would begin and be sparked in the hearts of the people, of every person, every person that Bruce comes in contact with, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for victory. We won't accept anything less than victory because Jesus purchased it in Jesus' name. And Lord, comfort Bruce's family in this process of healing. Comfort, strengthen them, Lord. I command all fear and discouragement to leave his family, leave Bruce in the name of Jesus. And Lord, just surround them with a blanket of your glory, a blanket of your presence like only you can do. And help them, help them to meditate on your word and not on the doctor's report. Meditating on your word, God. Meditating on truth, not fact. Meditating on the higher truth of the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name, I command every part of this brain to be strengthened, be strengthened, be cleansed from any and all radiations. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that Bruce's memory would be restored 100%. Give it back. Right now, I command Bruce's memory to be restored in Jesus' name.
The grave will not have him. The grave will not have him. But he shall live to declare the glory of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Just come up and see me after. Uh, a couple of announcements here. Hallelujah. What an awesome service. Amen. Uh, church barbecue is this Saturday at 1 p.m. at the Quinlan's. And there is a map. Where did you guys put the map? On the information booth. You want to come free food, good stuff? It's right on the information table. Amen. So get the map. Uh, oh, there's also a sign-up sheet. Uh, be a blessing and bring something to pass. And uh, spaghetti dinner, Sunday, September 28th, uh, for 5 to 7 p.m. We'll keep giving you. That's about a month out. But it's for the Kingdom Kids, raising money for David Beam to build new houses for poor people in Guatemala. So how many of you know that's a good cause? Amen. All right. Also, we need some volunteers for the media ministry. So Chris, lift your hand. Anyone who's interested, see that man right there. And we, because the media ministry is huge at RCC. That's one of the ministries where we're really making an impact. Amen? So we need your help back there. Uh, let's see. And nursery volunteers needed. And this is vital ministry. Some of you are thinking, nursery, forget that. But listen, it enables parents to hear the gospel. Are you hearing me? 
It enables them to, to hear the gospel and all that good stuff and hear the word of God. So you're being a blessing to people when you're doing nursery. So we need nursery uh, volunteers or else I'm going to have to just volunteer. So, yeah. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. You got it. Okay. Amen. All right. Praise God. Yeah, don't belittle any of the, the work of that. Are we still live on the internet? Okay, good enough. All right. Huh? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, October 17th, I'm going to be coming to Imlay City again for an awesome healing service. We had a great time, so come on out. Thank you for watching today. We'll see you next week. All right. Also, let's real quick, let's pray for this hurricane that's coming in. Uh, the Quinlans, Angela and Jerry's daughter, Carrie Wilk. Carrie attends here once in a while. And she is an EMS worker. And FEMA called her down to Jackson, Mississippi and, and to go to the Gulf Coast to bring people uh, out of that area to the north. So um, that's, that's quite something when FEMA's calling people in Michigan. Are you hearing me? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. We speak to that hurricane. Hurricane, we command you to dissolve in the name of Jesus Christ. To be turned back out to sea. Lord, send your holy angels to turn that thing. And Lord, divert it in the name of Jesus. But Father God, we do pray for protection along the Gulf Coast, Lord God. Those people that need to get out, Lord, let them get out of there in the name of Jesus. Lord, the EMS workers, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would protect them. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. And we pray, Father God, that whatever happens, that Jesus Christ will be glorified. You know, I got to say this. Sometimes when I, when I hear, see these things, Hurricane Gustav, Hurricane Hannah right behind it. The, the guys, there's times when I wonder, you know what I start asking? Okay, what bad decision did we make against Israel? <laughs> Listen, I'm serious. I mean, anytime you see these things, there's always been some kind of an event that that has happened and then and then this freak thing happens so just be in prayer about that yes sir yeah you're they're getting married derek and dakota are getting married here uh the 13th of september if you want to come the information's out there by the doors uh-huh yeah and this wild and crazy radical preacher's doing the wedding so uh, it'll be a fun one but anyways, uh, also, Denelda said that there's food. I guess Trinity did an outreach, giving food to some, some needy people. And there's a lot left over, I guess. And she brought some, and there's some in the lobby. So if you need some, it's right in the lobby. God bless you. We will see you Wednesday. If not Wednesday, see you Sunday.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.